Hello and welcome back to the PLMR podcast where this week we are celebrating National Apprenticeship Week and I'm very happy to be joined by PLMR's former digital apprentice Lucy Summers. Hi. So Lucy is currently now a senior digital executive with us and you've been working here for how many years Luce? I'll be here four years in September so it's been quite a journey. Yeah (laughs) so it would be great just first of all to hear about your own experiences as, as an apprentice um, kind of how you found working through an apprenticeship and just your general thoughts yeah so um when I was well 18 and I everyone was sort of decided whether or not they wanted to go to university or what they wanted to do after they finished sixth form I knew that I never wanted to go to university um, and I wasn't sure what other opportunities there were out there mm. um, but I knew that I wanted to sort of get straight into work but I wanted to find something that I was able to sort of like you know, learn at the same time. And I came across across apprenticeships um, and I wasn't actually sure at the time what I wanted to do an apprenticeship in. Um, But I knew I wanted, I didn't want it to just be an admin desk job. I wanted it to be something that I was interested in and I thought there was a future in. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where it led me to digital marketing, really. Um, Four years down the line and here I am. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I don't, yeah, I would never turn back on it really because... I didn't really want to be away from home. I wanted to be able to earn money at the same time, but also learning new skills. And you get a qualification at the end of it. What a bonus. Um, So, yeah, that's it, really. So, um, for people who kind of don't really know so much about apprenticeships, what did yours entail as a digital marketing apprentice? Yeah, so um, I think every course is different to, you know... Um, everyone else's but with mine um, it was sort of learning on the job the most of it but you can make your apprenticeship however you want to to make it sort of thing Um, but I think most half I think it's like 30% of it is coursework and the rest of it is like on the job learning so um, a lot of the time we'd have different modules and sections and then I would um, go to my manager Alex um, and ask him how what we could do within the business to help me learn about that and then I would write about it so it's mainly coursework but also like it's all about on the job learning because mm-hmm. you can't learn everything out of a textbook you've got to sure. just learn it naturally really so what do you think the general perception of apprenticeships are do you think there kind of needs to be more awareness about them yeah 100 percent. I think that um they don't really teach a lot like I didn't know about them in schools because they so- f- focus so much on university um it is definitely something that a lot of people would be interested in but don't actually know that they're available and they don't realise that they're in a number of different sectors. They just think it's like admin roles or being a builder. They don't know that it's in like creative roles like digital marketing and the arts and things. Um, So yeah, there definitely needs to be more information out there. It's just how they do it. Well, thank you, Lucy. That's a really helpful kind of background and insight into what it's like to actually be an apprentice. So now we'll move on to our discussion Um, And we're absolutely delighted to be joined today by Michael Lehman, who is the Policy and Research Manager at NCFE, who will be in discussion with Lucy on some of the most important things we need to know about apprenticeships today. So if I can ask you, Michael, to just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role and what you do. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hi, Um, my name is Michael Lehman. I'm the Policy and Research Manager for NCFE. We are the third largest uh, awarding body um, in England, and we design and develop qualifications to give people um, the, the right opportunities for success in society. We 
have uh, quite a large part of our, our businesses tailored towards apprenticeships and my job really is to follow all um, emerging policy, analyse how any policy changes are bedding in and try and influence the government to make positive changes for the, for the benefit of all learners really because first and foremost we are a charity as well. Yeah, great. So, um, not much going on then. <laughs> so, just to kind of, now we're in apprenticeship week now. Um, so, some recent findings have found that apprenticeships actually represent nearly 24% of all new workplace training starts compared to just 5% um, a few years ago before the apprenticeship levy was introduced. So, would you say, Michael, that apprenticeships are becoming more popular in the workplace? Uh, I think the answer to that is is, is both yes and no, and I know, I know that's a bit of a cop out, but I think <laughs> it, it really depends on the workplace. And I also think that we, we really, to answer that question, need to look at adult training as a whole. Okay. If, if that makes sense. So, the, the, I guess the two sort of major policy decisions that have that have uh, sort of bedded in over the last decade or so are um, related to the apprenticeship levy itself and the introduction of that. So, of course, what that's done, it's, it's brought a lot more direct interest from employers who might not have been necessarily interested in apprenticeships in, in the past. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that, I mean, it, they call it a levy, but really it, it's a tax. So, you know, the, mm-hmm. the employer with a table of more than 3 million pays 0.5% of that into a pot. And that kind of, it, it, it gets kept in a digital account for the employer. So... We have a number of employers who've always run apprenticeship programs very successfully and they'll continue to do that. But you've got other employers who go, oh, well, actually, we've had this money taken off us. Mm. It's now sitting in this digital account. Uh, we really should be spending that. So I think for employers like that, it has had a, um, in, you know, the effect of kind of boosting uh, apprenticeships and making them a more popular option. Right. And the other real driver of that, so probably more negative one, which is if you look at other forms of adult education, the adult education budget, as it was in 2009-10, that's about 45% lower now than it would have been. Um, so sort of a variety of cuts over the years. So of course, as the public funding of all the other forms of adult training have, have dwindled um, and, and this new apprenticeship levy has been introduced, the effect has been um, you know that apprenticeships are, are generally becoming more popular. Okay. Um, but then again, if we break that down and look at learners and the kind of levels that they're at, so uh, we're, we're tending over certainly the last couple of years to see a lot fewer 16 and 17 year olds on apprenticeships, which is, I guess, traditionally what people would think of. Sure. Um, and, and a real growth in kind of adult apprenticeships, and that includes people who are already employed by employers who might kind of, you know, undertake an apprenticeship program after they've already worked there a few years. So I think the whole idea of apprenticeships is changing. I think the meaning of the word is changing. Um, and, it, and it's kind of important to bear that in mind. So a, a typical kind of policy manager uh, sort of answer there, really. <laughs> um, no, it's fair enough. So I guess with the, as you say, the kind of changing landscape of, adult training and what do you think this kind of means for businesses or what do you think the impact is of this change in nature of apprenticeship and maybe kind of what would some of perhaps the positive takeaways from that be? Well I think I mean there's a lot of positives for employers and I think there always has been generally but what, what the government has also done alongside the levy is try and give the employers a lot more control over the the content and what an apprenticeship looks like how it's assessed so, I mean, basically the whole system's been kind of redesigned. So we've had a number of what, what we call trailblazer groups of large employers generally in sectors. There are some small and medium examples there 
he'll come together and form a group and they'll look at kind of one aspect. So, you know, let's take an example that, uh, you know, NCSE through the cash brand have a very strong childcare portfolio. So if you look at, um, in kind of childcare apprenticeship standards, there'll be large groups of employers who employ people in the childcare workforce coming together, deciding what the content of that apprenticeship needs to look like. So it's very reflective of what employers are actually asking for. That means that, you know, when they put somebody in an apprenticeship program, they can be sure that the learner is going to leave with the skills that are actually needed in the workplace, um, which is quite exciting. And the other thing the yeah. government has done, which has been a huge change for, for the company I work for, is every apprenticeship has what we call an endpoint assessment, which is, which is essentially an end exam, but it can take different forms. There might be a kind of coursework element to that, but that formal assessment of the training means that that kind of the rigor is there and employers can be sure that uh, you know people are actually learning the, the, the things that they need to learn. Sure and um, Lucy was that kind of your experience while you were on your apprenticeship that it was still quite rigorous? Yes no definitely I, I mentioned earlier that um, a lot of the time of course it's like the coursework and the exams that come with it but it's got to be like a reflection on the work that you do and it's all the, all the on-job learning is just crucial um, for you to be able to even complete, you know, some modules and within that coursework or exam. So, yeah, no, um, I think, well, for me anyway, my experience, it was the perfect sort of module for me in this workplace. But as you said, a lot of businesses, they don't really have the knowledge of what they actually want. Um, so with the government putting that in place, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's the future. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, is it kind of, from both your points of view, um, or for, you know, from either of you, do you think that it's something that workplaces should be doing more to drive forward, or do you think that it's something that kind of comes from more top-level government? I think that's a really good question. Um, and, and again, I think it would vary sector by sector, but I think okay. generally, when you know, we we kind of sit in between employers uh, and the government on this one from time to time, and. What we find is employers feel that there's been quite a lot asked of them in recent years with regards to adult training and skills. So, you know, as well as, um, you know, kind of the real drive to create more apprenticeship places, there's drives for traineeships, there's work placements for new T-levels. Um, so I think there is, you know, generally quite a, a sort of large burden on employers, but I think... You know, the governmental view, and I would agree with this as well, is that really employers should be seeing all of this as an investment. It's an investment in your future workforce. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the employees and the people that drive the business forward. Um, and, you know, the more they can put in, the, the better when it comes to, to any of it, really. Um, yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with that. I think as well, like, it's more than just an apprentice, like an apprenticeship because it's not just the course that you do, it's the future after it. Um, and that's obviously the employer have got, have got to push that through and they've got to give a sort of development plan afterwards as well to sort of, this is what you'll be doing with the skills that you've learnt through this qualification into the next level. Um, but obviously it needs like government to push forward for more, to give that influence to sort of businesses that maybe an apprenticeship and apprentices is what they need. So no, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, so would you both, what, what kind of, value do you think that apprentice apprentices and apprenticeships in particular will bring to businesses then he wants to go first <laughs> <laughs> michael do you want to take the lead yeah so i mean i think 
I mean, it, again, it, it, it does vary, but I mean, generally speaking, I think if, if you take on an apprentice, let, you know, let's say the, the sort of lower rungs of a ladder, people entering the workforce for the first time, it might be the same job. Mm-hmm. You've got a real chance to kind of shape a young person into what your company needs yeah. and, you know, develop all those kind of workplace skills that are, um, you know, often employers talk about really, really needing there. Similarly, if you've got someone who's been in the business a long time but really has an urge to kind of kick through and, um, you know, develop and, and be able to take on uh, a more skilled role within the business, it's an ideal opportunity, um, you know, particularly with the levy now uh, for, for a large employer taking their money and putting it in digital account. It's a great way to invest in those staff as well mm-hmm. and, and develop their skills and keep them interested and then other employees in the business can see you know, there is progression routes within the business. There's ways that you can continue to, to formally learn, but also st- continue to work there and train at the same time. So I think it's just about employers being creative and, and looking at, you know, how they can get best value out of this as well. I think sure. over time we'll start to see employers linking these different initiatives that I mentioned. So, for example, you know, if you do a T-level work placement with an employer in your area, I can, I can, you know, see examples where somebody might, um, you know, graduate from their T-level program and then move into a more advanced apprenticeship role with that same employer. And if employers start, you know, kind of developing their talent pipeline through through using things like that, you know, there's some quite exciting opportunities ahead for them, really. Yeah, would you agree, Lucy? Yes, no, definitely. I think, I think like the main thing, especially when I was at school and I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't want to go to university, but I knew that I wanted to go into, you know, to work. Um, I think that people think that they have to have all of these qualifications and they have to be knowledgeable within that sector. But actually, really, as you said, it's about shaping that person into what you think would work well within your business or within other businesses within your sector. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's more of a learning curve for for people who are young adults who don't know what they want to do, but it's more about, a lot of the time, it's not about qualifications, it's about the personality and the person, and if they're willing to put in the effort into into their course, then they can succeed. I mean, yeah. I've been here for four years, so I didn't know anything about digital marketing before I started, and as long as you're willing to learn um, and put the effort in, you can do whatever you want to do, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you kind of mentioned a bit earlier um, Michael, that perhaps the perception of what, uh, like what the perceptions we have of what apprentices are and what the kind of the reality of, um, there's maybe a bit of a disconnect on there now, as you know, more traditionally maybe we'd think it was more 16, 17 year olds. Um, so just kind of thinking about, um, uh, you know, apprenticeships during the school curriculum or at school level, do you think that that's something that um, needs to be? more embedded um, as children are going through the education system that they can learn about and see as something that's a really valuable alternative to perhaps a university? Yeah, very much so. And I think, it, you know, it, people can only aim for what they can see and understand. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, that visibility is really, really important. And, uh, you know, I think Lucy just, just said there earlier as well, you know, when, when she was at school, she didn't necessarily she knew she didn't want to go to university but she didn't know what she wanted to do and I think it would have been great if somebody come in and, and you know kind of painted this picture of, of the full landscape because I think in policy terms there is a real gap there mm-hmm. um you know again I think I think it was 2010 the government um, was through the funding for connections which was an independent arm's length careers advice service and I think we are still feeling the effects of that now to an extent yeah um 
you know, obviously, you know, kind of university applications and entries continue to, to kind of, you know, be stable. But, yeah. um, you know, we are seeing lower numbers of apprenticeships for 16, 17-year-olds. So I think it's not just about schools promoting apprenticeships because, you know, they can promote them all they like. If, if employers aren't taking on 16, 17-year-olds, they need to address that problem as well. So, yeah. you know, there's there's rumours that there might be some, well, actually in the manifesto, the, the Conservatives committed to, you know, having a look at the apprenticeship levy again and looking for to refine that. It'd be interesting to see if they, for example, ring fence a 16 to 18 budget for that to yeah. try and encourage more employers to, to take on 16, 17-year-olds. Um, you know, and again, I think looking at it all holistically, you know, do we kind of talk about apprenticeships the way we talk about um, different forms of education, you know, because you can yeah. do, for example, a degree apprenticeship. Yeah, you can. Um, and do, do people still see that as getting a degree? Because I think over time we might start seeing a real proliferation of things like nursing apprenticeships, okay. um, as opposed to the to the nursing degree. Um, so I think it it is all, you know, changing, and I think it is almost by design. But nobody in government has came out and said, well, actually, you know, we're changing the definition of what an apprenticeship is. I think that's just happening kind of on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no definitely I think as you know as you said already like there just there needs to be a push but it's obviously on both sides but even now I speak to people who have gone to university I mean a lot of my friends were the same where they didn't know what they wanted to do so they just ended up just going to university and doing something and now they've come out of university they still don't know what they want to do and um, they end up saying to me oh I wish I'd done an apprenticeship but they didn't have the information then mm. and there might have not been the course available to them then that actually went with what they wanted to do um, so I think it is it's a whole future of things as you just said about nurses being able to have an apprenticeship to get a nurse's qualification but that could end up in all sciences and mm -hmm. all different sort of applications of work so no like I think myself from when I was I'm, I actually remember connections I remember they, when they used to come into school and stuff um even that then really used to help us to sort of see what even where we wanted to sort of scope in life you know sure. so you do need that insight and I, like you know insight into things um we used to have classes where we would write like university applications and stuff so why can't we they there'd be a sort of module for apprenticeships um sure, but yeah. i guess that has to be on in, on individual schools as well as the government mm -hmm. because the government could put something in place but whether or not a school takes that on board mm -hmm. um yeah so i guess it depends on the school and stuff so yeah no but definitely needs a bigger push i've got a really good example of that actually um you know in terms of the, the way the system's set up at the moment it does leave a, a bit of a perverse incentive for schools um so when connections, um, you know, was cut, schools now have the duty to provide careers advice. Mm. Now, a school will receive um, funding per headcount of learner that they get back for sixth form. So yeah. many schools with sixth forms, it's in their financial interest to get those learners back. So, of course, they're more likely to promote that university route and that A-level route because that's more bums and seats and therefore more cash mm -hmm. for the school. Sure. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that that's that's definitely what all schools do, but you know that that kind of that's not a full kind of independent careers advice service for me. And no. we we do have you know many examples of schools who kind of take that sheep dip approach and try and encourage all their learners to go to university. Um, you know, I think it's just important to encourage people to do the path that is right for them, the learning style yeah. that suits them, and into the career that suits them. Because one thing that the university system is doing, we we do have almost too many graduates. And, yeah. you know, the, 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 those technical roles that 
will make a big difference to UK yeah. productivity are kind of you know facing skill shortages so we need to address that balance somehow yeah definitely yeah the amount of people that come out of university and they can't find a job or they can't find that something that's related to their degree that they've just completed and um, there needs to be something to help that and to reduce that but of yeah course. Um, no, well, thank you both so much. It's very interesting, especially for someone who didn't go down the apprenticeship route and I don't have huge knowledge on the subject. It's it's really interesting to kind of hear all the different um, dots that all kind of connect within this um, area. So I think just kind of final thoughts, closing thoughts, um, you know, are there any particular policies you'd like to see around apprenticeships or just, you know, why do you think it's so important that we really keep momentum going in this area? Um, Michael, I'll, I'll go to you first. Okay, so I think I think we've made a really good start with apprenticeship reform, and and I think things have probably gone more smoothly than I thought they would have because we've changed both the structure and funding mechanism for apprenticeships. Yeah. So, you know, I think things are going well, and what we're finding is employers are embracing this, which is great. great. Um, I think the government have, have got it right so far in that they're looking for evolution and not revolution. Uh, you know, i.e., we're not going to ditch the policy; we're just going to fine tune it until it works. Mm -hmm. And I think that's right. It's probably going to take about five years for that apprenticeship levy to really bed in and have a real understanding of how it's going to work long term. Um, but I think for me, the number one issue is these level two apprenticeships, which are often seen as low value, actually are really valuable first rung on the ladder and a first kind of step into the world of work for some people. And also 16 and 17 year olds, we need to do something to ensure that as a kind of third option for, for, for people, whether they want to go the academic route or the technical route, I think there should be something where they can go in into work and, and, and train into an apprenticeship there as well. So the reason I think that apprenticeships are just so important is because uni or school isn't just for everyone and that's down to a number of factors, it's not just academic and through that and through apprenticeships you can discover interests you didn't even think you had. Um, which you couldn't do at university and obviously there's the obvious one that you earn while you learn yeah. um, and that motivates and determines you even more because once you're obviously earning you just want to learn more to develop more and then earn more money obviously um, and then you obviously acquire new skills that you couldn't just learn through a textbook at university or through lectures you're learning on the job you're applying what you're learning you're applying into the workplace yeah. um, so that's just yeah it's amazing yeah. Um, and then obviously um, you know when you're at university there's some skills that you're not able to boost like confidence but when you're in a sort of workplace environment um, there's people who may have not have spoke up in class before but now they're getting pushed out of their comfort zone um, and it just like pushes them into the next level so they can develop into yeah. you know other roles and in five years time they'll be managing their own team and in 10 years time they might be managing their own firm so you know at university you just don't get that th those sort of opportunities um, but also, like, employers, they need more knowledge of how apprenticeships work and what the benefits are. Because, obviously, as we've mentioned before, you can shape your apprentice into whatever you want them to be. You can teach them the skills that they need to be, you know, great colleagues, great team workers, and can work individually. Absolutely. And then lastly, I'd say that the government needs to push out apprentice you know apprenticeships more this week is national apprenticeship week why isn't there a sort of digital campaign that's pushing out 
um, you know, the gov.uk website with all the, you know, apprenticeships that are going around and also people are, you know, at sixth form now not knowing what they want to do. Um, and this is just the perfect opportunity to push out not just for university applications, but for job applications for apprenticeships in all different sectors. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you both so much for joining this discussion around National Apprenticeship Week. Um, it's been really ex insightful to hear from you both. So thank you for your time. No problem. Thank you. Thank you.